This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What is happening, Ethos Lakers family? I hope you're doing well on this fine as of this recording Monday evening. Is it Monday? I have no idea. Yeah, it's Monday. It is Monday. It is Monday because we're going to talk about the Lakers' upcoming schedule and where the Lakers are currently at. For this solo edition, I'm your host, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at jcdeleon1. And let's get on with the show. As is always the case with the Los Angeles Lakers, there is good news and there is bad news as of late. And the good news is the Lakers are no longer sitting at the 13th seed, which is a really bad number to be at. The Lakers are trending upwards. We know that they have an aim. That aim is to get out of the play-in and into the actual playoffs, which means 6th seed. And to go from 13 to 6 in the short amount of time that the Lakers plan to do it is fairly unprecedented. But unprecedented kind of seems to be a way to define this team. This team has made an unprecedented turnaround of their roster at the trading deadline. They look like a completely different team since the trading deadline. And, you know, since then, the Lakers have made an unprecedented comeback, coming back from 27 points down, a thing, while not the biggest comeback in NBA history, it was a comeback in NBA history that had never been done before. They were down 27 to the Dallas Mavericks, and in the previous 139 times that had been done in the NBA, no team has ever come back to win from that deficit. So good on the Lakers to come back and win that, but that did come at a cost, and that cost, unfortunately, was the foot of LeBron James. So we've talked about the injury of LeBron James and what that means and how how much he could be out and how long and things like that. Well, that's more good news and bad news. Good news is it doesn't appear to need surgery. It doesn't appear to be all that serious, but it is going to take about a week longer than people thought. It, he was going to be reevaluated in three weeks, which puts his timetable at sometime after April. So when the very first report came out that said two to three weeks, I estimated a target date with LeBron coming back where the Lakers were going to have seven to nine games left in the season in which they would have to run the table, if not lose maybe one game of those nine, which is a lot to ask for to ask for a team to go 8-1 and one in the final nine games of the season or even undefeated, well, that's no longer the case. If LeBron comes back, comes back sometime after the, April, after, after the 1st of April, he's going to have about four regular season games to get himself tuned up for the playoffs. Is that enough? 
We don't really know. It is LeBron James, but everything at this point with LeBron James, everything about him is unprecedented. Nobody at his age has ever been able to do the things that he can do. Nobody at his age has ever been able to come back from an injury like this and at his age. And it remains to be seen how effective he's going to be. I personally believe he's going to be really effective because, you know, think about it. On the night that he broke the scoring record, he had to score 36 that game. And he scored 38. And he clearly had a bad foot. He willed himself to 38 points. I think his will can take him a long way in the playoffs. That's what I hope anyway. It's what I've wanted to see him in a Lakers uniform do. And I've only gotten to see him do it once in the bubble in Orlando. So hopefully we get to see that at least one, maybe two more times in his career. Maybe more. But where the Lakers are at currently, there are 17 games left in the season. And some of those games, while the Lakers do have what's considered the second easiest schedule of the season, that doesn't mean a whole lot because there's still some pretty tough games in there. Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow on March 7th could have been considered a tough game, might still be considered a tough game. The Grizzlies are currently going through some stuff. Uh, they had to serve a one-game suspension for Dylan Brooks, who reached his maximum with the technical fouls. They ended up beating the Clippers that night. They've lost Brandon Clark to an Achilles for the rest of the season. And John Morant is going to be facing at least a two-game suspension, of which the second of those two games is tomorrow against the Lakers. He filmed himself on Instagram Live brandishing a gun in a nightclub, which is incredibly foolish behavior, incredibly insensitive behavior. It's just dumb and stupid, and he's an incredible talent. I hope he comes out better for having done this stupid and dumb thing. But for the Lakers fans and for the Lakers purposes, it does seem to have made this game a little easier. You've got the Toronto Raptors after this game. Toronto Raptors are in kind of a weird existential dilemma right now. They thought they were going to be selling their entire roster at the deadline. They're currently ninth in the playoff race. So they're in the play-in. They're a couple of games from falling out of the play-in. They're also a couple of games from being right in the thick of it in the playoffs. So, you know, are they tanking? Are they not tanking? I don't even know if they know, but that's what you've got going on with the Toronto Raptors. The New York Knicks. The New York Knicks have suddenly become a very dangerous team. I have liked a player like Josh Hart his entire career. And all the Lakers, all the the Knicks did was trade for Josh Hart at the deadline. And Josh Hart has made a huge difference. The Knicks have won nine games in a row. I don't know if they've won tonight as I'm recording this, but I do know that they're the day before this recording, we're currently riding a nine-game winning streak, and the, the Knicks look really good. Really good. So I don't know how winnable that game is. You've got New Orleans. New Orleans is battling for playoff positioning in the West. They are at one point near the top. They're now they're now ninth, so they are one of the teams 
directly competing with the Lakers to get in the play-in or move up somehow. Remains to be seen what's going to happen with the Pelicans. The Rockets, the Rockets should be a win. They're definitely tanking for Victor Wembanyama. You've got the Mavericks, who are going to want revenge after that 27-point comeback. You've got the Magic, which should be a winnable game. You've got the Phoenix Suns, which is going to be a tough, tough game now that they've got Kevin Durant. They look damn near unstoppable. Oklahoma City Thunder. They're starting to restrict Shea Gilgis and Alexander's minutes, not because he's injured or not because he's old, but because they are tanking. Chicago Bulls, you got them twice in a row towards the end of March. They are currently in the 12th seed in the East, and you know they want to make the playoffs now that they've added Pat Bev, and you know that Pat Bev wants to knock the Lakers out of the playoffs. He wants to he wants to put the Bulls in the playoffs. He wants to, to knock, knock the Lakers out of the playoffs. It'd be a huge win for Pat Bev if he could do that. I don't know if he can. Minnesota Timberwolves. The Lakers dropped one against Minnesota the other night, one that they could have easily won. They just didn't shoot very well. The lackadaisical effort was once again there for the Lakers, which does seem to be kind of unusual because Jared Vanderbilt and his infectious energy has just kind of made it so that nobody in the Lakers really coasts anymore. You don't really see any kind of laziness from this Lakers team anymore, and I think it's all due to Jared Vanderbilt and his energy. So they could have gotten one from the Minnesota Timberwolves. They ended up getting a great win against the Warriors if – the Lakers can sort of steal one back by getting a win against Memphis tomorrow. I suppose that maybe cancels out that loss to the Timberwolves, but 17 games left. The Lakers need all the wins they can get regardless of who the opponent is. Houston Rockets again. Then you've got the Jazz. The Jazz are kind of starting to begin beginning to tank. You've got the Clippers, which is going to be a big game personally for Russell Westbrook and maybe, I'm sure, Lakers fans. You close out the season with the Suns and the Jazz, but both at home. So we've got that going for us, which is nice. So This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 17 games, figure one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, if the Lakers win 10 of the final 17, that not necessarily going to cut it and that's kind of worst case scenario I think the Lakers only win 10 more games of the season which is going to put them at 41 and 41 but 41 wins might I mean that might put you in the 8 or the 9 seed depending on how the rest of the West shakes out but you know, it's we've never seen a race quite like this in the playoffs for the West, and it remains to be seen exactly how 
everything's going to finish out. But I've got a lot of confidence in this team. I think they've been playing really well without LeBron James. And I think when LeBron comes back, I think that they're going to be really adaptable to him leading them in the playoffs. And Anthony Davis has been great. However, in keeping with the good news, bad news theme of the show, Anthony Davis's last four games have been amazing. 30 points, 28 points, 38, 39 points. He's missed one game when he did kind of roll his ankle or it seemed like he might have hurt his foot or something to that effect against Memphis. In the two games against Dallas and Memphis, you know, Anthony Davis went 30 and 15 rebounds, 28 and 19 rebounds. Since the game that he missed, the points have still been there, 38 points against Minnesota, but only five rebounds. 39 points against Golden State, but only eight rebounds. And so his his defensive presence isn't quite what it used to be since he missed that one game due to injury or management or whatever. His defensive presence definitely needs to be there, but I think guys like Jared Vanderbilt are, are there to pick up the slack, and they've been doing a good job. What's not going to help is Mo Bamba seemed to have hurt his ankle against Golden State. Now, he hasn't been as effective as people might have expected or people might have thought. I think he's being misused a little bit. I think that on defense, he's doing what he needs to do, which is be an intimidator and be a shot blocker. Um, He is a little skinny. He does get moved off of his position pretty easily. That happens too much on offense. I still would like to see minutes where Mo Bamba and Anthony Davis play together. And the reason why I want to see this is because the conventional thinking would be that the way Anthony Davis plays when he's been posting up and scoring the way he has been, Mo Bamba is going to be a deterrent or he's going to be, you know, just some kind of problem for Anthony Davis and that there's not going to be enough space for Anthony Davis to operate. But on offense, they don't need to stand together. On offense, you'll notice that Mo Bamba actually spends a lot of his time on the outside. When he runs a when he runs a screen at the top of the key, he pops rather than rolls. On offense, I think him and Anthony Davis would coexist beautifully, because I don't think that Mo Bamba would get in his way. I think Mo Bamba would stand outside the three point line and just wait for open shots, which one thing he has proven since becoming a Laker is he can still indeed shoot. Now on defense. Defense is where you would want Anthony Davis and Mo Bamba to stand next to each other because if you ran a zone with the two of them next to each other, it would be damn near impossible to score on in the lane. Against a team like Golden State, I can see how that's not really going to be your main concern. It's going to be three-point shooting, and Dallas kind of went crazy from three-point line. Like I know there hasn't been a lot of opportunities to see Anthony Davis and Mo Bamba together for reasons like that, but I just for a few minutes, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see what it could be. But that could be just me. I don't know if people are disappointed with what Mo Bamba has done so far or not. And I I prefaced it when I was excited by the move when it happened saying, I totally acknowledge that it could fail and not work. Because the the emphasis on him on the on him working with the Lakers is is a big F. Is a lot of things have to go right. And when a lot of things have to go right, they're not always going to happen that way. And speaking of things working out, not working out the way we want them to, 
I've been asking a question on Twitter that not a lot of people have answered, answered, and I know that given the way voting works with the with the basketball writers, there needs to be a narrative, or there needs to be some kind of a story, and I've been asking why our guy Austin Reeves doesn't get more consideration for sixth man of the year, and when you look at his stat line, I could see why he's not really going to get any consideration for sixth man of the year. He only averages 10.9 points a game. He plays 28 minutes. At the very least, I do think he should be considered for most improved player of the year, and I don't really see what kind of buzz that has going for it this year so far, and I know it's not a huge award, but considering the award went to John Morant last year, like it could be a pretty big award. <laughs> I think for a guy like Austin Reeves to get an award like that, it would be good. From his first year to his second year, his increase of minute his his minutes increased have increased from twenty three minutes to twenty seven. His scoring has increased from seven points a game to damn near eleven. He's shooting thirty nine percent from the field from three. He's also shooting fifty percent from the field overall field goal percentage. And he's an 87% free throw shooter. Folks, he, in a few years, given if he develops and just improves a little bit each year, he can be a 50-40-90 guy. Think about that. He's almost a 50-40-90 guy now. He's 51-39-88. He's so good. He makes such good decisions. It's not just about what he does on the stat sheet. He just makes good decisions. When he's on the court, good things happen. And he's evolved from a player in which who was a player like that, where he could say he's on the court, and when he's on the court, just good things happen to where now you actually can look at his box score. Since the All-Star break, this is what Austin Reeves has done. 17 points, 9 points, 17 points, 19, 6, 16. He's got assist games of three assists, seven assists, four, three, eight assists. He's doing it all. He's running the offense when right now the Lakers have one true point guard on this roster, and it's Dennis Schroeder, who's also doing a fantastic job. But currently, D'Angelo Russell is out with an injury, and so the Lakers have one true point guard on this roster. And for a little while, a couple of games ago, it looked as though Dennis Schroeder was going to be lost to another ankle injury. There's no more point guards left on this roster. Well, Austin Reeves has sort of been playing a de facto point guard, and it's not his strength. It's it's really not. But he's been making it work. It's been fun to see. He's just an absolute fun player. I really hope the Lakers hold on to him. So many members of this current Lakers team, you really hope the Lakers hold on to. Like No matter what, what this year turns out, you want to see this roster through because this roster is completely different from the roster we saw for the last 18 months. This roster plays hard. This roster plays smart. This roster can shoot. (laughs) It's so different. It's such a different experience watching this team than it was with the previous regime. I can't say that enough. Well, that is going to about do it 
for this episode of Ethos Lakers. Um, one thing we haven't promoted enough, and I know people were using a little bit, using it a little bit at the beginning, and I know Ethos Sports Ethos has been doing a great job with it for the gambling community. Is our Discord? If you could find us on Discord, look for the Ethos Lakers show on Discord. Talk to us there. I'm going to start looking at that more frequently. If you guys want to ask us questions there, interact with us there. I'll start to do that more. You can always hit us up on Twitter, me at jcdeleon1. It's also on Instagram and TikTok. You can hit up Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. You can hit the show up at Ethos Lakers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Let us know what you've got to say, if you've got anything at all. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And until next time, we are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.